0: The opinions expressed on this show are those of the guests and hosts, and do not necessarily represent those of Funeral Radio's management or sponsors. Welcome to the Green Burial Radio Program, a show preparing your funeral home for the growing number of families wanting more eco-friendly funeral services. Brought to you by Funeral Radio. And now your hosts, Joe Seahe and Sherry Wolfe.
1: Welcome to the Green Burial Radio Program. I'm Sherry Wolf I'm here out of California. We've got Joe Sehey with us out of Australia, and we've got Char Barrett from A Sacred Moment out of the Seattle, Washington area. So welcome, Char. Thank you. Char is, again, with A Sacred Moment, which is a funeral provider um, out of the Seattle area. She is also a licensed funeral director. They have a business there of doing full service cremations and burials. They also do home funeral vigils, green burials, and life celebrations. So today we thought we would focus specifically on home funerals. Um, Char will share a lot of information and of course uh, different examples and stories with families but I know that she has done quite a few home funerals in her area. And uh, I'm going to pass it to you, Joe, because I know we've been working and uh, we know Shar. She's been part of the Green Bureau Council for a long time. And uh, we'll just sort of do an intro on your relationship with Shar and what she's brought to the table with their uh, services. Great.
0: Welcome again,
1: Shar.
2: Oh, you bet, Joe. Glad to be here.
1: Well,
0: I have been fascinated following this movement for a while. In fact, my, my wife trained to do. Um, some home funeral uh, practitioner work, death midwifery work. And so I've, uh, I've known of Shara's of work. It's fascinating to me that so many funeral directors automatically hear that term, if home is involved, and think that there's no role for them, even though funerals were conducted by in the home by licensed morticians for many years. But why is that still the case? Do you find in the field that people hear about home funerals and home vigils and funeral directors mostly think, eh, "Not, not something I'm uh, going to be involved in." Or is it is it changing out there?
2: Um, I would say that it is changing, but it's changing very slowly. Um, for the most part, uh, I can certainly say in my area that uh, I am the. Uh, only licensed funeral director that is uh, providing home vigils on a regular and consistent basis Um, there's an occasional uh, funeral director that I might hear of that is conducting a home funeral but it is by and large um, I would say a very hit and miss kind of um, uh, level of activity so far and what I would say to the question of will Funeral directors uh, hear the word "home funeral" and and sort of uh, you know not see themselves as being able to offer these services. I I would agree with that. Um, I would say that they're um, um, at. Uh, At first, they begin to um, hear those words, and obviously, as you pointed out, Joe, earlier, um, this is something that has been part of of history for us in the U.S. um, long before where we are today, and yet, uh, for many funeral directors that are currently in the business, um, it's been their generation that funerals have not been conducted in the home, and therefore, it is a very foreign concept to them
0: i discovered um a f- number of years ago how controversial this concept still is when i was speaking to to a funeral directors association meeting at a meeting talking about green burial but talking about this notion of sort of lighter hands uh, uh, with, um, with with, with uh, regard to facilitating ritual and i a number of years ago had uh, gone through training to do private retreat work or spiritual direction. It's sometimes called the holy listening. And the metaphor that we used often or our, our instructors used was that of the midwife, you know, these gentle hands sort of coaxing mm-hmm. this, this thing out. And I, I threw this concept out just about how funeral directors need to, to uh, and how good ritual, which they're involved in, you know, on some level, Needs nominal facilitation and i and I talked about the this idea of midwifery and uh a very uh prominent funeral director in the back of the room uh rose raised his hand and said, "I hope you're not suggesting somehow that we're getting involved with the home funeral movement, are you um, <laughs> and, uh, why is that such a bad thing
1: but you know yeah.
0: this, this what I'm fascinated with is that um this movement and I know this is maybe a, a, a controversial part of this topic, but I'm fascinated that it is so much led by women who I think personally have an easier time uh, being gentle with um, regard to uh, helping people um, have a meaningful ritual. I think instinctively perhaps they, they even do it better than men. But why why is it that so many more women than men seem to be attracted to this field and, 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 and are the leading practitioners.
2: Well, I think that you are hitting on a, a real key point with um, this movement, Joe, in that what my experience has been is that women are tending to lean in, if you will, to this uh, type of funeral service, uh, more so than men, and part of where I think that comes from is uh, the uh, what I refer to as the ability to cross the threshold, and obviously that can mean different things, especially as we talk about life and death, but... The ability to um, cross the threshold, literally, of the doorway from um, being an outsider to walking into a family's home and providing home funeral services versus a family crossing the threshold of the doorway walking into our funeral home. It's a completely different paradigm. It's a completely different, uh, if you will, hierarchy of um, the way that things are approached. And so oftentimes it requires the ability to um, sort of set aside maybe some preconceived ideas and be able to walk through the threshold and that doorway over that threshold through the doorway into that family's home in a way that sort of almost in a way sets, um, to the side what the, quote, role of a funeral director is uh, because it often requires that there is a level of emotional engagement with the family, certainly still on a very professional level, but it is a um, emotional vulnerability that I think uh, can sometimes be a challenge uh, for funeral directors. And uh, and that's not necessarily a, a man or a woman um, uh, issue, uh, but certainly I would say by and large that a lot of the women funeral directors I uh, talk with are very open to the ability to engage with families in that kind of way. Because when, you know, families walk through the door of our funeral home, um, they're in our world. They're in our environment. We know where everything is. We have command and control. And they're truly a visitor to our world. Whereas, you know, the opposite is true when we're serving a family uh, and it's a home funeral. um, and we're- wa- working with them in their their world and in their uh what is important to them in their life so I do think that there is a there's a um a definite um, uh, emotional component to it, and I also think that that it can be a um, uh, something that that women tend to be drawn more toward. I can tell you that there certainly are more women funeral directors that are seeking me out to learn more about how I'm delivering these services uh, than men. It just that's just how it's happening.
0: Well, I think so, I think it's also the case that you know men feel the need to have the answers culturally anyway more than women you know it's the men that the men out there uh that don't like to get directions from the gas station women don't have an (laughs) issue It's, it's it's my family uh but but it's also the case that um you know what we're talking about now i think which is how to honor the dead and heal the living and invite in the divine oftentimes is really creating this space to allow people to sit there and they don't they need to come to the answers on their own and they don't need a prescriptive approach it's funny i I think back in this internship i did years ago in this uh, spiritual direction work and uh there was a catholic priest who kept saying he he was saying how difficult it was for him not to give advice when you know being in the room one-on-one with a practitioner a, a retreatant And, uh, he said, you know, I'm, I'm used to being the guy with all the answers and now I have to sit there. And of course, all the nuns are rolling their eyes back in their head, (laughs) (laughs) but this is, this is an issue, um, that I think men, you know, male funeral directors probably do need to get up to speed on. And it's such sensitive subject matter. I, I went through this with my own family where when my dad passed away two years ago, I, uh, I very gently suggested to my sister, who's quite conventional, that uh, we have a, uh, a home funeral for my father, who was planning on a direct cremation without anything but a memorial mass. And my, my sister thought that was very odd, but she said, well, why don't you just invite everyone over before he dies? And we ended up having a home, uh, a living uh, wake, which yeah. was which is yes. really such a beautiful event. Is, is that a, a trend that you're starting to see out there as well?
3: Absolutely. Um, they're called living memorials. Um, you know, it's where you're memorializing someone uh, while they're still present and while they're still with us. Um, oftentimes uh, now because, of course, the rise in, in cancer-related deaths and uh, the kinds of uh Death where it's anticipated, and there's a period of time before that death that um, often allows for that kind of uh, event to take place. And of course, not everyone—it's—it's it's not going to be the right fit for everyone as home funerals. I, I very. Much will uh, be the first one to say that home funerals aren't the right fit for every family, as is the case with a living memorial. It's not going to be the right fit for every individual. But um, I can certainly say for those people who have participated in living memorials, uh, it It truly is a, um, uh, ends up being sort of a life-changing experience for many people who attend, not to mention it being very
2: supportive of the person who is dying. So, yeah, very much that is becoming more um, of a uh, common request now that we're starting to see.
0: Sarah, I know I have... Many more questions I'd like to ask, but I know we have a limited amount of time, and I'm monopolizing a bit. Sherry, I know would like to talk to you more about some practical matters regarding this work.
1: Yes, I would, actually. And I do have a quick comment um, just on the, the last concept about directing. As I work with families um, in a role with them in their home funerals, I always tell them that I'm actually not a funeral director. I'm, I'm there to direct absolutely nothing. And that, yeah. right? And I'm there to um, to really facilitate uh, for them, and and certainly every home funeral, like I'm sure they are with you, are, are completely different. They are never two that are even remotely alike. And um, as I was thinking about having this uh, conversation with you today, um, and with Joe, I was thinking how as I work with families, probably the They're just beautiful events, and the only time that I have probably felt the most challenged in my role has been the very few times when the actual person that's passing has requested the home funeral. Mm
0: -hmm. And it's
1: a very unique situation there. Typically, um, it's the loved ones around them, and often the person... That, that is going to be passing is fine with the concept. They typically know about it, sometimes not, but usually so. And then what I have found, and you can expand on this uh, with your experience, is that then I am almost in a role to be there to just give them the okay on all these creative ideas that they have. And I just sort of help them facilitate, open up options. But they seem to typically, uh, whether it's men or f- or women in the family, to really embrace the process and make it um, meaningful for them and what they feel would be meaningful for the person that passed. Mm -hmm. And then in the rare times, as I said, and this happened somewhat recently, where I had a a gentleman um, that had passed uh, from Lou Gehrig's disease. So he knew about this for a long time. He had reached out um, to us uh, wanting a home funeral, Mm-hmm. had wanted to share what he wanted, so um, I had some general ideas from him on the somewhat the sequence of events and the way he wanted things set up. Um, but from there, when he did pass, his family was at somewhat of a loss. They were happy to accommodate what he wanted, but they didn't have anything uh, preconceived themselves. Right. So I did a lot more hand-holding in that environment. And I mm-hmm. thought maybe I would just kind of open up that to you. Because when a family knows what they want, it just comes together so beautifully right. and so naturally. Um, so, yeah, I just want to get your feedback if that, if that has occurred in the home you she's done.
2: Absolutely. There's no question. And, and I can't agree more, Sherry, that um, every home funeral is unique. And, and is absolutely one of a kind uh, because obviously it is a complete reflection of the, the individual who has died as well as the family that's uh, surrounding them after their death. And so it is always so fascinating to see what matters to one family uh, that absolutely is of no consequence or no bearing whatsoever on the situation for another family. Uh, so it's really uh, interesting to watch that dynamic take place. And truly, uh, as, as you say about, you know, I'm, I'm not the director here. I, I absolutely couldn't agree more that I um, personally, I, I use the terminology uh, from uh, both in terms of the way that my staff and I support families, uh, is that we are home funeral guides. Uh, we've taken that language up from uh, the National Home Funeral Alliance, which I have been uh, the president of the last two years. And you know, we struggled with these terminology. What do we call ourselves? And um, uh, and and what what is the purpose and and the the um, the the words to be used to explain what a person is doing in that kind of role and um And so, guide for me has worked quite well versus director uh, because I very much feel that that is what we are doing. We are simply guiding the family through the process of um, a home vigil. And what I often will say to um, my staff, and I literally say it to myself as I am in the room with a family in the midst of a home funeral, is that. You know, when given the choice to either step in front of a family, step behind, or step beside, is truly um, the level of engagement that I try to encourage. um, Meaning that if we're really doing our job, we are standing behind that family. Many times when I am uh, not only working with my staff when we are supporting a family, but also what I will do for myself as a reminder is to ask myself: Am I uh, stepping forward too much? Am I uh, where? And, and literally, when I when I speak to my staff, I physically will either take a step forward.
1: I'll stand
2: with my feet side by side, or I'll take a step back. And that movement literally reminds me of where I need to be in relation to supporting that family and where I want my staff to be in relation to supporting that family. So what I mean by that is if we're really doing our jobs as home funeral guides, we are guiding this family meaning that we are ideally stepping one foot behind them. They are the ones present to what is happening, or they're actually taking the lead, and they're stepping forward, and they're bathing their own loved one's body, and they're dressing their loved one, or they're figuring out the space that they want their uh, their loved one's body to lie in honor, or... Um, Figuring out, you know, what type of ritual they might want to incorporate into this vigil time. It's it's the family stepping forward and being engaged. That is where we want ultimately for the ideal uh, outcome to be. If in fact we instead take a step forward and we are the ones saying, well, this is what to do next, this is how to do this, or let me do that, it literally is taking away from that family
1: the experience that we are wanting them to have. Right. This is their experience. Absolutely. Exactly.
2: So so literally a, a very small but very important example is um, I, often... It's a little more challenging for the men in the family to feel comfortable providing maybe the care of the body, and yet they might be in the room or around the area where we are. And um, I, again, constantly have to remind myself, I have a pair of socks in my hand, and we've now finished bathing the body and dressing, but we still have to, the socks to put on, rather than me me just automatically without thought going forward and putting the socks on this person, this body, I step back and I turn to, you know, whomever um, uh, a family member that maybe has been watching, but hasn't been engaged and say, would you like to put the socks on your grandfather's feet? Now what's going to matter more that the socks get on the feet or that that grandson maybe has an experience with caring for his grandfather that he's going to carry with him for the rest of his life that I would have maybe otherwise possibly taken away from him because I just would have gone into autopilot and, and put those socks on that man's feet myself. Right. Do you see what I'm saying? Because, so right, participation.
1: Yeah. It becomes his well, experience. The ritual
0: requires it. That's the thing. And doesn't it also make sense then to train funeral directors and mortuary science programs to get the psychosocial and spiritual training as hospice has done, so that people come forth in this field who are qualified. You are enormously qualified, Char, and and others are instinctively. I think people have gone and become autodidacts and trained themselves in this field, but don't you think? the field would really benefit by, by, by training in this area?
2: Oh, there's no question in my mind. I mean, it is, um, you know, we, we get the, um, I mean, I've, Gone through mortuary science school, and and so I certainly understand the academic side of this, and um, and we certainly did have our grief, bereavement, and loss class, um, and how to work with families, but it's a very different thing to be educated about how to engage ritual, how to engage um, in a in a way that is holistic and really incorporates what is going to be ultimately most meaningful for these families whose grief experience is is completely theirs. It's not ours. It's theirs. And and we simply need to help facilitate how best for them to be able to walk through that experience.
0: I think funeral directors rather than should you know being threatened by this should see the opportunity that it provides oh and gosh, as well yes. you know the, the threat by not really offering this properly and not having the ability to to do what families want. I hear from a lot of families as you probably do too um, that you know they don't want a funeral director. Well what they don't want is merchandising. And what they want is what every family wants, even though some may not understand it entirely, is help mm. with facilitating ritual. I think it's really critical, and I I predict this is the future of funeral service, where there's really an emphasis on service, and people can really help families you know, get what they need. And as we've known for a long time, this is, this is what good funeral directors have always done, but we do have this model in the way, and uh, it's really... To me, so exciting to know that people like you, Char, are breathing new life into this field and, mm-hmm. and, and moving it in this uh, direction, because I really, really do believe it's the future.
2: Well, and just to sort of quickly tag on to that, Joe, I think that uh, what I realize is that Um, I saw it early on that why wouldn't a funeral director engage in this opportunity to serve families in a unique way? Because um, to me, it's, it's the ability to provide a service that maybe your competitor down the street is not providing and what a, you know, just just from a strictly business perspective, uh, what a better way to differentiate yourself if you're trying to really create a different experience at your funeral home for uh, the families you're serving. And so I feel like rather than being threatened by this movement and threatened by the concept of home funerals, that if more funeral directors actually would allow themselves to take the information in and to see how they could actually leverage the um, ability to provide these services for families, uh, the difference it would make. And... One other thing I just wanted to tag on, what Sherry was speaking to earlier, um, and, and that's really relative to uh, she mentioned the ability for uh, simply facilitation that is almost in a way, if you will, and I don't recall, Sherry, if you used these words, but I knew the essence of what you were saying, is giving permission. To these yeah. families, to be able to to engage in this kind of way, because they've got such a preconceived idea of oh, it's not all right to touch a body. No, is it okay that we're uh, choosing to uh, you know wrap them in in shrouded fabric rather than a formal dress? Or is it okay? You know, it's constantly these questions: Is it okay? Is that going to be weird? Is this going to be strange? You know what? Not if it matters to you. Not if it provides meaning for you. And
1: it's it's so beautiful to see the way families will grab onto that. One of my um, best examples was a a military gentleman that um, his wife was passing with hospice of a cancer. And he wanted to talk about, um, you know, what his plans were for her before she died. And when we were talking about it, he said, okay, well, so what happens next? What do I do? And, of course, I, I mentioned, you know, he can call whatever time of day, and I kind of went through all that, and I said, and, and we can be there, and you know, this X amount of time, or if you would like, um, you can keep the, her there at home, and then her son can come by. And at first, he's like, "Oh no, 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 don't worry about it. We won't be doing that." That's fine. So we went on and talked, and then about 20 minutes later, he goes, well, "What was that part about about leaving her at the house?" And and so we, it was just great. We went through the, He ended up keeping her there for three days, and it ended up being this beautiful experience. But yes, that was that example of exactly that, where I just threw out there this option. And, and of course, at first he he was just thrown off by it, right? Right Of course. But he liked it and he ended up loving it and it ended up being, um, well, in this case the most you know beautiful experience that the whole family could have had. And of course, um, even tied to what we were talking before, I, I love it how families will, will come back and uh, whether it's letters or gifts or writing or thanking me. and I always remind them they did it. you yeah. know right. it is but they're, they're so appreciative. Um, because we're not doing it for them, but we are opening up this ability for them to create their own experience. And exactly. they own it. And then the appreciation is truly is, is like no other, certainly no other that I've, I've seen in this business.
2: Absolutely. Um,
1: and it, I think it all comes down to, in, in my case, when I'm talking to the people that, that work with me um, here at Natural Grace, it's about listening. And yep. I find it's the, the main skill and key is to not think about how you're moving forward on a conversation. It's literally just slowing down and listening to that family. And then based on what they're saying, um, just open up all the options to them.
0: And that does fly in the face uh, of what some funeral directors have learned about controlling, you know, the conversation and the um, the the, the, it it really is the antithesis of that. I have even noticed just a you know, uh, it's not just funeral directors struggling with this. I think any entity that wants to have control and where control trumps meaning. Again, to back up to my father's death. I was shocked to learn that this uh, Catholic priest didn't want any um, eulogies offered at this memorial mass uh, because you know sometimes people cry and they get uh, you know they're you know they're gonna they're gonna get oh, mess up. Oh heaven
2: forbid! The- we should cry at a
0: funeral. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's not gonna go as planned. Of course, I I personally you know think that. Most ritual today, in, including that by a, a lot of um, a lot of you know great religious traditions, is, doesn't really work because people are taken out of it. It's it's not a spectator sport, you know. It really does require people to be in the here and now, and it does require nominal facilitation. But that, it is a real art, you know. And and as I said before, I think. People like you uh, both have that instinctive ability to be there and stand with families, as as you said so eloquently, Shar. And uh, it, it, I, I, we hope hope there's a lot more of it coming forward, and I, I think well,
1: it will. Well, I'll tell you, with the I shouldn't be surprised, but with the direction this conversation has gone, which I think is such an important point to to look at really what we're there to do i would like to uh, have us do a uh, another radio show on uh, the details because i think we could probably spend at least this much time um talking about um just all the things that, that happen and go on at home funerals and i think that'd be very helpful for uh, or certainly informational for people to hear so if the two of you are up for that uh, we will set up a separate uh, talk on that because there's a lot of things on that i would like to talk to you about and ask you about Shar.
2: Great Absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We welcome the opportunity.
1: Great. Great. Okay. Well, for everyone, I thank you for joining us for today's segment for the Green Burial Radio Program on Home Funerals uh, with Shar Barrett. And um, we now have, I guess we've got a, almost a half a dozen programs, but for an archive um, of this program, or for those that are previously recorded, you can go to uh, funeralradio.com, and then I click on the Green Burial Radio Program icon. And um, with that, thank you, Shar, for being here, and I look forward to um, having another talk with you on home funerals. That sounds great. I look forward to it. Thank you.